That's right, it's almost Christmas. Rolling into it. Hey, it's official. Thanksgiving is over. We're heading into the Christmas season. I'm excited about that. How about you guys? So excited. Hey, how many of y'all still have turkey hangover? A little bit. Y'all enjoying those leftovers? Turkey sandwiches, turkey stew, turkey cobbler, turkey everything else with the leftover stuff. Um, so glad that you guys are here today. Everybody watching online, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us here at Eastgate today. If you would, take a second and like and share the live stream. And you guys in-house could do that as well. Uh, to like and share the live stream. Just watch the volume on that phone and help us reach as many people as we possibly can. I am so excited about this season in our church. I'm excited about the Winter Wonderland coming up on the 19th. Uh, it's always fun. It's a big community outreach we're doing to reach our community. We're going to make it free for everyone to show up and, and participate in it. For us on that day, it's going to start early with Donuts with Santa, and then we're going to roll into our service and have an awesome Christmas service. The kids are working hard on their presentation, and the worship team's working on uh, their, their stuff. And didn't Pastor Jeremy do a great job leading us in worship today? He did great. He did a great job. Um, Big chunk of our worship team is traveling today, so he did a great job. A lot of our congregations traveling today, but if you're in town with a family, uh, welcome. We're glad that you're here today uh, joining us. But the, uh, the 19th is going to be a great day. Um, I'll back up a week to December 12th. Don't forget, December 12th is going to be our special Christmas offering here at Eastgate Church. It's something we've done for the last few years. We'll be doing it again this year. And what we're doing is we're taking up a special offering on that day to help fund the outreaches of the church so that we can go into 2022. Holy cow, can you believe that already? Uh, so that we can go into that with a full tank of gas, ready to reach our community the way that we always do. Hasn't it been a fun few months of outreach here at the church? Yeah. It's been awesome seeing what God's been able to do. Well, that happens because we are giving towards that to make it happen. So as you give in the Christmas offering on the 12th, you're giving to help continue to make that impact in our community as our church is still continuing to recover from all that COVID nasty that hit us financially. I love the spirit of our church, though. We didn't buckle under. We didn't back down. We stepped up and stepped into it and reached our community in a new way and in a powerful way. And I think that's awesome. And I think maybe we should give God some praise for that. What do y'all think? I just love, I love that. I love seeing when people step into it instead of stepping away from it. Uh, today is a special day for us. We're going to have a conversation today, as you can see on the screens, a conversation about mental health. Um, some people would say, why would you want to do that? When we're rolling into like the, the, the meat of the holiday season, when everybody's holly and jolly and ready to rock and roll and all that stuff. Um, and uh, how many of y'all like Christmas music? Yeah. yeah. It's official Christmas music season, you know, and while we're jingle belling and Christmas caroling and all of that stuff, why are we talking about this? And the reason why is because there's a huge need for it in this season. Um, and you'll, you'll hear a little bit more about that in just a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, suicide, the highest rate of suicide um, the day after Thanksgiving. Crazy, huh? Why? Because people just face reality of where they are in life, and it may not be where they want it to be. Holiday depression is a real thing. And so at the church, uh, we don't ever want to surrender a Sunday, especially like the, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving is usually a lighter Sunday because people are traveling and all of that stuff. But we don't surrender Sundays here at Eastgate. 
We want to make the most of every opportunity that we have, and it's a perfect time to speak into what's a real issue, and maybe in some of our lives here today, definitely in the life of someone that we care about and someone that we love. And you guys watching online, probably the same thing. Uh, so this is why we're doing it. It's a, it's a big need, and I think the church should speak into the needs of the community. Amen? Yeah, come on. So Jesus met people where they were. He fixed real problems and solved real issues, and that's what the church should be doing today. It's encouraging to me to see more and more churches talking about this kind of thing because for a while it was taboo in churches. You didn't talk about this stuff uh, because it meant that you were mentally, emotionally, or spiritually weak, and that's just not the case. And we'll talk more about that uh, as the morning continues. But I don't want to do this by myself. I brought in a person who's very qualified to speak to this. Um, and we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about mental health and take a look at some practical things we can do to protect our mental health and to, if we need to, take steps to get help um, beyond what we can do on our own. So if y'all would, let's show some Eastgate love and you guys online. Show some love, too, to our guest this morning who's going to help me with this conversation. Tara Nichols, why don't you come on up and help me out? Tara is the, the founder and leader of the Nichols Center here in town, and they do a lot to help uh, families with, I'm going to slaughter this, but recovery and addiction recovery and also mental health. And uh, what you guys do is great for the community. Glad that you're here with us today. So let's grab a seat and jump into this. You guys ready? Yeah. If you're ready, convince me. Let me hear you say, go for it. Go for it. All right. Mental health, let me get my little book out here. Uh, it's, it's a big deal, um, especially if you've... Thanks, Larry. That was the most delayed response I've ever had in the history of churchdom. He was watching online, one in every crowd. Hey, guys, if you will, watch the, the mics and the feedback here. We've got just borderline hum happening here, so we don't want to blow anybody away. So watch Tara's mic. I think that may be it where she's holding it. I see you nodding your head, but I still hear it. All right, there we go. Um, don't think it gets talked about enough in church, so we're going to have a little bit of a conversation here today. I think um, I'll just get rolling and then you jump in wherever you want to. I'll, I'll defer to you on a lot of this this morning, but... Um, We forget sometimes that we are a tripartite being, which means that we are a body, a soul, and a spirit. And while our spirit guy is, is Superman, okay, spiritually that's, that's what we want to be. We are spiritual beings in Christ having a very human existence. And I think sometimes in church we lose sight of the fact that we got this stuff on us right here. Okay, and I'm not trying to lower the bar on our spiritual walk or who we can be in Christ. That's not what I'm doing at all. But what I am going to shine a light on here to disarm us before we get into this conversation, because usually when you start a conversation like this, especially in church, radars go up and walls start to go up, and we start to come up with all the reasons why this does not apply to us. And I'm here to tell you, if you got skin on you, you need to be paying attention to this. Yeah. Because sooner or later... 
sooner or later, you're going to come into a season of life where you're going to need the tools that we're going to talk about today. And maybe you're in that right now and you haven't been paying attention to it and you need to pay attention to it. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of examples in Scripture um, of people who did awesome things for the kingdom of God, but they had real human struggles that they processed through. And they, uh, at times, great people of faith were overwhelmed with life and things that they had to, to deal with. And I'll, I'll jump into this and, and give you some good examples. And the first one, we were talking about this the other day, was Moses. Um, Moses was a big one. I'll read this passage of scripture to you. Um, you know, when, when God called Moses, did Moses want to have anything to do with his calling? No. He, uh, he felt like he was underqualified and that God should get somebody else. And he started pointing out all the faults and failures that he had and uh, wanted to pass the buck and, and move on to somebody else. But God said, no, you're the guy. And in Numbers 11, uh, verse 13, this is Moses now talking back to God when he was feeling a little overwhelmed in doing what God had called him to do. Now, remember, Moses earlier had tried to do every job on his own in leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. Every job description had Moses' name on it. And so he was the guy who was going to quickly carry more than he was supposed to. And he was like your classic martyr, at least when I see it in Scripture. You know, he was just, you jump for, yeah, you got something? Well, in, in today's scientific world, we had to call that anxiety. Are you on? It's supposed to be on. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Is she on? Okay. So we would have called that anxiety, right? That, yeah. that need to control and in order to put things right so that you feel safe. Um, so Moses, and you can see this, he, I think he struggled a lot with anxiety and wanting to have, an, you know, like you said, have his hand on everything. Yeah. And God put people next to him to cover his insufficiencies. And I think that is so powerful because we're not islands. And in mental health, yeah. it's not just you. You have people. You have, you know, Aaron, and he had Joshua, and he had, you know, in the story where he had... His, the two people holding his hands up mm-hmm. to, to win the war. Like, that in mental health, we call that, you know, anxiety, but there's people around us to support us, and I think that that's, that's the role of the church. Yeah, big. I mean, look at what Moses says here. He says, where, where can I get meat from all the, for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. Here he goes again. The burden is too heavy for me. Hey, I got news for you. The burden is too heavy for you. That's why we got each other, and that's why we got Jesus. Then he says, if this is how you're going to treat me, then go ahead and kill me. You ever had a season of life where you felt like that? He says, uh, if I found favor in your eyes, dear God, he says, please don't let me fall. Lord, don't let my face, uh, or don't let me face my own ruin. That's, that's a bad season to be in. But he was carrying too much. Great guy. God did a lot of awesome stuff in and through him. But he felt an overwhelming moment in life. 1 Kings uh, 19 gives us a look into the life of Elijah, who was another just powerhouse for the kingdom of God. And uh, he found a season of life where he was a little overextended and got a little overwhelmed with what was happening. Um, He had just called down fire from heaven. That had to be awesome. He defeated all the priests of Baal. That had to be double awesome. He put everybody in their place, exalted the name of God, and then some little witch woman named Jezebel sent him a mean message, and he crumbled like a little house of cards, you know. It says Elijah was afraid. He ran for his life. He came to Beersheba and Judah. 
left his servant there. This is big because what Elijah did was he isolated himself when he left his servant there. And then he went on a day's journey into the wilderness, came to a broom brush, sat down under it, prayed that he might die. He's picking up a theme here. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and he fell asleep. So he got overwhelmed. He got away from everybody and he took a nap. Is what he did. But, but there you see, um, you know, I've always been told that you have to be careful after huge victories in your life because sometimes you overextend yourself working towards the goal and you don't realize how drained you are and usually you're, you're most vulnerable after the biggest victories in your life. And, and we would call that depression, yeah. right? The exhaustion yeah. of our soul. Yeah. yeah, so then you see in, uh, in 2 Corinthians um, 1, 8, just to continue with this, when you think of Paul, you think of an unstoppable force. You know, we joked around in our series we had on Paul a couple of months ago. We called him Unstoppable Paul, you know, because he, he just is so churchy. I feel bad for saying it, but it's so true, though. Uh, he was an unstoppable force, but he still ran into issues that he had to deal with in life. He says, we don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience. Troubles is a key word here. Troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Anybody relate with that? Far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. And I think a big mistake we make in, in church world, and this is the big uh, Big misunderstood concept in the church is people say that God won't give you more than you can handle. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. The Bible does say that you will not be tempted more than you can bear. But it doesn't say anywhere in there that life can't dump on top of you to the point of overwhelming you and overloading you. Paul's a prime example of that right here. Um, and I think it all comes back to what Jesus said in John 16, This is one of your your favorite scriptures where he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Everybody say trouble. I've got to keep you all awake here this morning. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, we focus a lot on take heart, I've overcome the world, but that does not negate in this world you're going to have trouble, right? Um, so let's talk about trouble for a little bit and how this all started um, and I think it goes back to just creation and the original fall. So walk us through that. So one of my favorite hobbies is gardening. And it, it for a long time, I, whenever I was going through my studies um, to become a mental health therapist, I was really struggling with the idea of why would God create us so that we could suffer with mental illness or mental health challenges. And it really didn't make sense to me how there would be so much suffering in the world and that there would be both suffering from evil and from temptation, but there'll be internal suffering. You know, I think Paul probably struggled with some kind of chronic illness, cr yeah. chronic mental health or physical health. Um, and so we have people with no fault of their own who are born with or experience uh, mental health challenges and we live in a world that is set up to create um, suffering within us. And it just, it didn't make sense to me. 
and how do you walk in freedom from that? And one day I was in my garden, and it just, it just was like a light bulb. You know, God created us for Eden. He didn't create us for this world. Yeah, so and good. I don't know if you guys noticed, but this is an Eden. You know, like, so <laughs> like uh, this is, this is the, the life that we live on a daily basis isn't set up for the creation, the perfect creation that he created was without sin. And, and it was that fall, it was that, that decision, it was leaving Eden that brought us here. And so one of the things that I, it was a gift to me, I think, was understanding that people with anxiety who walk with depression, who walk with bipolar disorder or even schizophrenia or mental health disorders, um, you know, paranoias and fears, these are, these are not punishments. They're not exacted on you. They're not, I mean, they're... That is so good because I, I don't know how many people I've heard say, why me or what is wrong with me and why can't I push past this? Just that whole understanding of where... All you, this is suffering we were not created to carry. Now, I like to walk in my garden every day, right? I feed my chickens and goats and bees and... I haven't fed them in a minute. I probably need to with the winter coming. But I, I look forward to it. Like, I, I walk in there. I see what's, what fruit is growing. Uh, right now, we're going into a season of rest for the, the holiday. The winter season is a season of deep rest for the garden. And I love that because, um, you know, you, you, you look forward to experiencing the life and the world that, that God created us for. Hmm. And that's the closest that I can get to is my own garden, right? And so in, in Eden, we didn't have these challenges. We didn't have these sufferings. We had uh, rest. We had, and God looked forward to walking with Adam. He showed up every day just to see him, just to talk to him, just to see what, what animal was there, what fruit was, was in you know, season, what flower was in bloom, the same way I do. And, and I go, I, I oftentimes feel like God waits for me in my garden. I go there to, to talk to him. I go there to find peace and to pray. And I think that mental health is one of the things we experience when we, or mental health challenges is one of the things we experience when we are out of that environment, yeah. when we're out of Eden. It makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I mean, God never intended any of us to be sick. All that joint pain that some of you may be experiencing right now. Uh, he never intended for you to experience that. God's plan for us from, from Scripture, run around naked, eat fruit in the garden, and carry out our responsibilities that were there. It was very protected and, and, and set up for us. And this world that we're living in today that's affected by sin is nothing like what God had originally intended for us. And that's, that's a big reality check, especially in the church. We accept sickness physically, okay? But we forget that this thing right here is still part of who we are physically, okay? So sometimes mentally you catch colds. Uh, sometimes mentally you have catastrophic issues you have to deal with. 
and then sometimes mentally you just got to let yourself rest and that's because we were never really intended to carry the stuff that we carry today or process or deal with the stuff that, that we're dealing with today and I think that's a big thing for us to realize because you've got a great analogy with this on how the car is, or our brain is kind of like a car engine. Yeah, so I'm what you call a mental health therapist which means that I look at the the brain as an organ of the body and just like you have genetic tendencies with um, your heart or your liver or your kidneys if you're if you've got diabetes that runs in your family then you know you got to look out for that if you've got you know heart heart conditions you got to look out for those things well the brain's no different it's an organ it has genetic tendencies it has um, just you know like you said created. genetic tendencies so our family history family history um, there there's you know a lot of great science about you know how the brain builds relationships uh, within the information and the life we experience based on how our parents and grandparents um, also experienced that life you can have genetic traumas so traumas that were experienced in prior generations can those the, the way the brain reacted to those can then be passed down across generations. Is that crazy or what? And, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great neuroscience out there that's showing how um, our brains, we're, they're, they're meant to be considered the same way that you consider any other health or uh, any other part of your body. And it's, it's kind of like a, a car engine. Everybody, most people here probably have a car or know about a little bit about cars. Um, you know, all, all cars have tendencies, right? No. You know, if you buy a Ford, you, you kind of know what you're getting into. If you buy a Honda, <laughs> you kind of know, you know, what you're getting. You're, you're going to get something that's going to last you, 3, you know, 300,000 miles. And at 80,000 miles, you're going to have to change the timing belt on it and the water pump. And because the water pump and the timing belt go at the same time, I had Hondas growing up. Um, if you if you buy a, a Lexus, well, those tires are going to be seventy five dollars. Well, I don't know about now, but they're going to be a lot more expensive than than a Honda tire, right? Yeah. Because you're you're buying a luxury car, and a luxury car is going to have you know you got to put premium gas in there. You can't put regular gas. Well, h human beings are are kind of like that. We we have we have engines. And our engines have tendencies. And some of our tendencies, like a car will pull to the right or pull to the left, and they need an alignment, you know, or you've got to take it in for tune-up. If you don't tune your brain on a semi-consistent basis, the same way you might avoid getting your oil changed on a semi-consistent basis, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to break down. Yeah, you're going to be on the side of the road, you know. Uh, you might squeak by for a while, you know, you, you might um, manage on your own. If you, if you buy a, a Ford and you drive it like it's a Lamborghini, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? And, you know, in my world, we'd call that manic disorder. You know, we, yeah. we have people who they, they have very, very fast uh, mental capacity. And, you know, we'd like to call them ADHD or, you know, they have a... You know, bipolar disorder, but you know the reality is is that their brain naturally moves fast, and then they drive the wheels off of it. Yeah. And 
you know, and then of course we put them on medications. And the medications, you know, some of them support the, the mental health and, and some medications, you know, y you can end up uh, exacerbating problems. Yeah. Uh, misdiagnosis, I mean, there's so much. And so, um, but we all have engines, we all have tendencies, we all have, well, hopefully we all have brains, um, you know, and, and, you've, and you've got to consider them. You've got to get tuned. You've got to check up on yourself. That's such a good point, though. I mean, how many of y'all think you need an oil change in it, like your physical car that you drive? You ever gone past that, nah, we can get another extra five or 10,000 miles out of that thing before we have to? Yeah. Who needs to change the filter, just put new oil in it, you know, all, but it'll catch up with you. And I love that because... We're responsible for taking care of this thing up here, just like we're responsible for taking care of anything else that God gives us. Um, and if we're great stewards over our possessions, man, this right here, this right here is a great tool that God gave us. And so maintenance, this is, I'll be honest with you, this is a big catch for me because I would be a kind of like a type A personality and I like to go and do, and I'm very goal-oriented and um, I just... Rest is for the weak, and you must push through and all that stuff. But I've had to learn, uh, in some seasons, the hard way to hit the brakes a little bit on, on me and make sure that I'm staying fresh up here. I think one of the things I hear from people a lot is how exhausted they are, how mentally tired they are, and how worn out they are. And I get that. When I, when I first took over the church... Um, that first few months going into Easter, I put everything I had into this church. And I didn't realize what I was doing to myself mentally and emotionally. I was just focused on go, 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 do, do, do. And we crossed the Easter finish line, at least in my mind. Got to hit it hard and go through to, to Easter. And I found, I don't know if you remember this, Jeremy, or not, on the back side of that first Easter, I was gone. I was so depleted up here, it took me uh, a couple of weeks to recover mentally from what I had pushed myself through with good intentions. And spiritually, I was going, but I forgot that I'm not just a spiritual being. I had to take care of the rest of me, too. And so, um, I don't know if you guys have ever had, or you guys watching um, at home right now, or who may be watching this later or listening to this later, maybe you're in a season right now where you feel like, man, I'm... I'm gone. Well, maybe that's a good warning sign to just, hey, that maybe that engine light's coming on and it's time to maybe not just do some maintenance but allow some repair to take place too. Uh, We've got to be careful with how we push ourselves because we weren't created to carry but so much. And, uh, you know, dealing with the stress and pressure of this world on top of what's going on at work and family and other issues, um, man, life can throw some hard stuff at you and it's very important to recognize when you need to do some maintenance on yourself, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you have to take six months off from the world, you know, which is, which is really appealing sometimes. We could all use a, like a, a tropical island where they would bring food to us and then we wouldn't have to see anybody else until we were ready to see everybody else. That'd be awesome. The world doesn't work that way, though. But one thing I hear a lot, though, um, Tara, is people frustrated because they're not happy. Um, they are exhausted they feel like they're getting close to being burnt out with what's going on and I think there's probably some other reasons for that too um, that have to deal with priorities and how we stack our lives up and you use a tool 
the other day I thought was really awesome where you brought out this uh, the wheel of, of happiness or joy that you brought broke down. And we've got that that will go up on the screen for you guys and you guys at home to see. But could you walk us through that? Because this was a, a huge eye-opener for me when she walked me through this. So um, I, I learned this wheel a, f- a few years ago. And um, like you, I'm very task-oriented and, and very I, I like to consider myself a human doing and not a human being sometimes <laughs> um, because, you know, life is supposed to be meaningful, right? You know, it's great if we can be happy, but that's fleeting. But life is actually supposed to be meaningful. And what can we do to be meaningful in, in, uh, in, our, in our lives? And then I was at a training and I, I learned this, uh, this wheel and I was like, wow, this is really, uh, I felt very convicted. So if this if this circle up here represents 100% of your happiness, right? 100% of how happy you feel. How many of you would say that you feel happy on a, on a consistent basis? Regularly happy. Okay, well, great. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, at, the, at the time that I learned this, I would say that uh, happiness was dead people goals and that only dead people were happy and that most people just like happiness was fleeting and we just couldn't really like that really was you know a dumb idea because you could hardly attain it um, so 50% of happiness of your happiness is organic now, now what does that mean I have no idea. okay organic happiness means it comes from your body your organic process right it's your natural inclination. So if you think about sleep, if you think about those uh, tendencies, those genetic tendencies, if you think about um, the chemical responses that are occurring in your brain, your food, right? How much you of what foods and, and minerals have most Americans in, in our society suffer from extreme mineral deficiencies wow. because the foods that we eat are mineral depleted. Um, so unless you're eating a lot of root vegetables, which would be like beets and turnips and onions, and um, you're drinking water that's not been uh, stripped of its mineral value, um, you most likely are going to have mineral deficiencies. And then a lot of the chemicals that we have at our home, our laundry detergents, our soaps, and our shampoos, and our fancy beauty products, the, the average female puts over 380 toxic chemicals enter on their body throughout a day 80 before breakfast wow so um and 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 you wonder like well this is convenience right we want to look good we want to smell good we want to you know have you seen those commercials where they hold the towels and they're like seven days later and it still smells amazing well those products are full of of uh, hormone regulating hormone um uh, changing chemicals that actually will alter the way you feel and a lot of you don't know that and that's wow. it that's before you even take any medication or ibuprofen or Tylenol to get through your day or you know that's that's just just average life right so 50% of your happiness is organic okay the 40% of your happiness are your choices right how you interact with the world so <clears throat> Whether you laid out your clothes the night before and you set yourself up for a good morning routine and you made sure there was gas in your tank before you went to work so you wouldn't be late. Those are choices, right? And how we navigate our life, whether you stopped scrolling and put social media down and actually got meaningful rest and you drank 
your hot tea to relax you at night, you have a good nighttime routine to get good sleep. You know, those things are the things you can interact. I, I like to put in there choices also our choice of words, right? Instead of saying, I have to wash the dishes, I get to wash the dishes, right? I get to wash the dishes for my family. I, I get to... I don't know if I've ever said that in my life. I get to wash... Maybe I need to change that. I, I have to. I have to because sometimes, you know, you feel, you feel so... I mean, as a mom especially, you know, I, I feel so exhausted just, just living, the, living regular life, but it, it's a life I get to live. Yeah. And, and that's awesome, right? So 40% of your happiness are, are your choices and the way you choose to interact with the world. And then that last little tiny sliver up there, that, that light blue side, that 10%, that's everything else. And what that means is that's the weather, that's your spouse or your significant other, that's your kids, your boss fits in there, your friends, your mom, your dad, the toxic person in your life, the, the, the guy who cut you off on the interstate, um, that's, that you know, the... the you know, barista at the window who was rude. Like, that's everything else is in that 10%. And so here I was in my training, and I was like, happiness sucks. And then I looked at that, and I was like, well, the 10% sucks. And 90% of my happiness, I've just become lazy with. Wow. I am 90%, I'm 100% responsible for 90% of my happiness. Wow. 100% responsible for 90%. Now, the organic process, sometimes you, you get stuck with a car that, that's, you know, you got to do some extra maintenance to get it to move along. But that extra maintenance is your responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And the choices you make and how you interact with your life is your responsibility. And so it radically changed the way that I looked at living my life and living not in always feeling happy, but that pursuit, right? That right. pursuit of happiness, that responsibility towards the way I live my life is very important. That's huge. What an eye-opener, though, when you, when you see it broken down like that. We let so much of so little transfer over sometimes and affect uh, so many areas of our lives when we have control over that you know one of the things we say here that falls in line with that is um, it's not what happens to you it's how you choose to respond to it that makes all the difference in uh, in life this is huge though I don't know how many people that I see that take the little bit that happens to them and if you want to call it a victim mentality or that's just how they identify, um, they, they build a whole world of defeat out of something that they very much have control over. Yeah, there was a great meme on Facebook a few years back. It said, you didn't have a bad day. You had a bad five minutes and milked it all day long. <clears throat> that's grown up right there. I was going to let that work its way around the room and you guys online. Have you ever been guilty of that? Man, a bad five minutes that you let affect your entire day or somebody said something that just set you off the wrong way and it just dominated your thoughts for days or weeks or whatever or the boss, just a man. And it's, whew, boy, that's good preaching until you're walking through it, right? Man. One of the things that I like to do is to look at that happiness wheel and to also re reverse it mm. into 
other people's lives around us. A A lot of us, we decide that we are meant to make other people happy. Wow. We decide that our 90% of our existence is meant to fill up our children's 10%, you know, our children's 90%, right? We're gonna, we want to make our kids happy. We want to make our spouses happy, right? If our spouse is disappointed in us, right, or if our significant other is upset and angry, then we will take the majority of the responsibility for their emotional well-being. And we will say, well, I did this and that hurt their feelings. Or I was rude and that, that you know, messed up their, their day. And now I've got to go and rearrange my life and fix myself to make them happy. Wow. But the reality is, is you can really only affect 10% of somebody else's happiness. And how they wow. decide to respond to your good or bad behavior is up to them. Is their 90%. Wow. And so one of the things by taking, by being so busy with your 90%, you no longer have the time to manage other people's mental health. And I mm. think that we do that a lot, especially as moms. Um, but, you know, sometimes just as friends. Or I, I know this a lot uh, happens a lot with teenagers. Um, I've got a lot of teenage clients that come to me, and they're playing therapist to, like, eight other kids. And it's like, you're not qualified to manage your own, you know, mental health successfully, which is why you're here. And now I find that you're in the middle of managing everybody else's mental health that you come in contact all day long and worrying about that. And it's, it's not a recipe for success, you know. And so you can make the people in your life happy, but only 10%. And you can take responsibility for... You know, if, if you screw something up or you, you make a mistake or you hurt somebody's feelings, okay, take some responsibility. But remember that their healing and their restitution and their reconciliation for that, 90% of that falls on, on them. Wow. They have to walk through that forgiveness journey. Wow. That's true. Boy, I tell you, that, that, that's good when you're, you're the one not having to process through the forgiveness, huh? <laughs> Um, but but we do own that with everything else. I, th- I think at, at the holidays specifically, you know, you brought right. up uh, coming, you know, over Thanksgiving. You know, most people got a taste of of being around their family last week, and then going into Christmas and all of the, you know, the situations we're going to be in, where we're going to come in contact with other people's expectations and other what other people yeah. want from us, and and how can we make the holiday great for everyone else, right? And you have to put that into perspective of even during the holidays, 90% of your mother's happiness is her responsibility. Well, well, well. It, there's a little bit of freedom that comes with that, huh? I mean, just to be honest, um, there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. And a lot of responsibility, too, because 90% of your response to what happens is, is yours too. Right. I love that. I love that. There's freedom in that, and then there's, hey, just put on the, the big boy pants and the big girl pants too at the same time because we are responsible. And uh, it's, it's neat to see that. Um, I always talk from a biblical perspective, but it's nice to see that the, uh, the science world is kind of falling in line and preaching the same thing too. Uh, and, and it kind of confirms the word of God, to uh, be honest with you. I think it goes back, well, I, I like to take it back to the garden because 
I have that, that reminder in my life. But um, I was folding laundry the other night, and, and there was something happened with my kids. And, and I, told, I told my son, I was like, I was not created to fold your laundry. I really wasn't. God didn't create me to be a laundry machine because I'm really ill-equipped for it. My ADHD doesn't really allow me to get through the basket of socks. So I'm not created to be cinder mom. I'm created for a purpose. Now, I get to fold socks and I get to fold laundry because we're blessed and we have laundry that gets clean and I didn't have to beat it on a rock and wash it in a river. And like, I I realize the blessings in my life. So I, I, I get to fold my kids laundry and I get to serve them, but that's not why I was created. I was created for Eden. And so sometimes you have to take a step back. And when you feel like your life is just spinning in a constant circle and, and you're just doing things to do them, you have to take a step back and go, you are created to manage a life of happiness and, and goodness and experience um, this earth in a beautiful way. Yeah. And sometimes we forget that. It's true. So let's, uh, gosh, it's so true. So what, what are some practical things when we talk about mental health and self-care um, what are some practical things that we can do for maintenance I guess on our engines for maintenance on our mind um, things that work uh, I'm all for theory but I like what really works in the real world you know so what are some practical things maybe we could put them into play in our lives to help set us up for being able to step back get that little refresh and then get back into the things that we get to do in life right. so well, there, there really are so many, yeah. right? There are so many really good things that you can do. And if any of you are on social media and follow any of the life coaches and the mental health people, you know, there, there's going to be tips and stuff all day long. But what I would say is first start with understanding the car you drive, right? Understanding the brain you have. Understanding, not in a spirit of judgment, not sitting there going, oh my gosh, I can't focus and I can't pay attention to this and I'm terrible at this and I suck at that. And, but, but to just observe and to go, okay, what kind of brain did God gift me with? Because with every disorder, there is this other superpower that comes with it, right? There's this other tendency that's really actually strong and powerful. And a lot of times we forget that. We get so focused on the negative that comes in our lives that that's we don't so actually appreciate and understand the gifts that come, right? You know, anybody who struggles with bipolar disorder is going to have this massive creative side, this massive amount of intellectual capacity that is totally missed, right? Um, Anyone with ADHD is great at multitasking, fabulous at at spinning wheels and keeping up with things. A lot of times they'll feel isolated because not everybody else spins at that that rate. Um, You know, Anyone who's experienced depression can sit with the broken. And I, I, I think sometimes you have to stop and you have to observe what gifts God gave you, what, what mental capacity you have. And if you don't know, then talk to somebody and, and understand what you're working with, right? The same way you would understand what car you're driving and, yeah. and what the maintenance is needed. So 
in, in my private practice, we usually will set people up to do like a mood journaling or mood charting. Mm -hmm. And you just spend 30 days, right? 30 days, you could go longer, but you really can't accomplish really understanding yourself in less than 30 days because you're not going to hit significant uh, stressors or, you know, different, different life situations. But 30 days is a good number to start with. And just start checking in with yourself every day. When you start the day, kind of like you would start with prayer and check in with God, you'd walk with God in the morning, you would, you would check in with yourself as well and go, okay, God, where am I at? And what's going on with inside myself? And let me just notice it, right? I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to criticize it because it's a gift. I don't know maybe how it's going to be a gift yet, but I'm going to just pay attention to it. And then write it down or log it in an app or color it in a journal and take notice for about 30 days and then look back and see what are your tendencies. Are, do, you, do you run fast? Do you run slow? Are you better with people? Are you better in smaller groups? Do you isolate? Do you put yourself in risky situations? Um, do you, I mean, highly extroverted people, that's, that's also, that's, you know, it might look like a strength, but that's going to be have a, a whole other set of, of uh, yeah. weaknesses that come with it. So stop looking at there's one type of brain that's perfect and mine's the one that's screwed up. Everybody else has got a brain that works just that's fine. so good. And mine's the one that's over here, you know, shameful and stupid. Well, that's absolutely a lie from the very devil. Yeah. I mean, you can even see that in Scripture, too. You look, just look at the difference between Paul and Peter. I mean, Peter's like, I'll do anything for you, Lord. I'll chop off ears. I'll, I'll talk bigger than I, I got money in the bank and all that stuff. Manic then, much? Yeah, right? And Paul is just so calculated in everything. You see the difference in the mindsets. I think we lose sight of that sometimes. I hate cookie-cutter Christianity. I hate it. God created us as individuals to be the individual that God created us to be. And so... I don't have to think like anybody else in the room. I have to think like the me that God created me to be and use what he gave me to accomplish what he called me to do. And I think uh, comparing ourselves to other people, it can be a good thing, but I think more times than not, it, it cuts our legs out from underneath us because we feel like we're underperforming or overperforming and compared to whoever you're looking at, you could be completely missing it though. You need to be performing or operating at the level that God called you to. Not the person next to you, or the person at work. You. That's what you're going to be accountable for. And I think there's a lot of freedom in that. It's okay to think the way that we do. It's okay to operate. And the limitations sometimes that we have, because God gave us that stuff for a reason. Now some of it came from the fall, but... Um, but we're, we're, we're doing everything that we do to do what God has called us to do. We're unique in that calling. I think we, another thing that could probably help us out, this is one thing I deal with a lot talking with people, is that they just don't know how to rest. Yes. People just don't know how to rest. It, th listen, there, there is nothing awesome about having your schedule dialed to 11. Okay? To me, that's a huge red flag and tells me that something is way out of balance somewhere in life. It's the reason why God gave us this little system called the Sabbath, uh, to have that day of rest. 
so that we can replenish ourselves, not just rest and watch football, but to recharge up here too. You know, um, there's nothing, there's nothing awesome about pushing through 12 hours a day, seven days a week without taking a break. Nobody's gonna. You, you might have a personal little badge of honor right here, but listen, that should represent a huge red flag for you. That one, you're not following God's plan because uh, He knew we would need a little bit of rest. So, mental health and, and self care is a is a huge thing. Um, somebody showed me this illustration one time, and you can tell me if it's dumb or not because you're the expert. Uh, isn't she dropping some good truth on us today, though? This is great stuff. Um, they, they blew up a balloon, and they said this is kind of how we respond to life. Like, you know, we can only have so much capacity with things that we carry, and we have to psh, let the air out of the balloon. Um, if we don't do that, given enough time, if we run with our balloon just full all the time, sooner or later something's going to happen in life that'll make it pop. And if we had let the pressure off, then it probably would not have made the balloon pop. So that maintenance is important. God gave us a plan for this. I'll, uh, I'll read through Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Um, he gave us a plan to go to him to let a lot of this stuff out so that we didn't have to get to the point of popping. Um, now, old school church would tell you, well, just pray and take it to the Lord. And they wouldn't give any instruction beyond that. You know, well, you're stressed out because you don't pray. You just need to pray. You just need to pray. And I always hated that because, okay, that's great. What you just told me is you're throwing something at me to get me out of the way because you don't want to help me deal with my stuff. But um, we don't let other people walk alone here at this church, right? So uh, Philippians 4, 6 gives us a breakdown of some things that we can practically do for maintenance spiritually. Uh, this kind of echoes what Tara's saying um, with the science from, from her world. It says, be anxious for nothing. Boy, that's a mouthful right there, huh? But then he gives us some tools to help us with that. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. Okay, prayer is going to God, talking to him. And listen to me, having an honest conversation with him. Not, oh, glorious heavenly father. I come before thee now, thine humble servant. Hey, Dad, how's it going? I just need to talk to you for a second because this guy at work is making me want to punch him in the throat and I need to process through some stuff right now so that I represent you. See, that's a real conversation. That's, that's how God wants you to talk to him. And he says, um, prayer and supplication. So what's the supplication? So it's something to supplement with the prayer, okay? Uh, so you're praying, you're spending time with God, you're letting out what's going on in the day and talking to Him about the stuff so you can spend a little bit of time fasting. That's part of supplication um, and denying yourself and focusing on God. Another big part of this is worship. Man, I don't know how many hard weeks I have just completely have melt away because I put on some worship music and just hung out with God for about 30 minutes to an hour and just sat in his presence and just let everything out. And there's, there's just refreshing and strength and all of that that comes with that. He gave us the ability to do that. And then he says with thanksgiving. Attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude. Hey, there's that 90% kicking in right there. We're choosing to focus on the things we're grateful for. 
And when you start to look at what God has blessed you with and what you have, man, that changes everything. That, that, that makes us look at that five minutes of bad in our day and go, you know what? I need to take off my little diaper and put down my bottle and, and grow up a little bit and be grateful for what God has given me. So he's given you a plan here. It says, let your request be made known to God. Let it all out. Okay, don't pretty it up. God saw your day. He heard what those people said. He saw what you were walking through. Okay, let him have it. Let him have it. God, just let it rip. Empty your heart and get all that stuff out. Instead of trying to walk around like a, just a solid, strong island, you're going to get overwhelmed. Sooner or later, you're going to pop. So let it out. And here's what happens here. It says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, since it doesn't make sense, I don't know why I have peace while I'm walking through this, because I shouldn't have peace while I walk through this, but I do have peace, and I'm not letting that 10% run my life. I'm in control here, um, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay, maybe there's a little bit to this Bible stuff. It's a great plan um, to to take care of yourself spiritually. All right, when I'm okay here spiritually, and I'm letting things out, and I'm doing what the Bible says, and I'm resting, and I'm venting sometimes to God, and and just letting Him be, letting Him be that kinsman redeemer. Okay, there's a reason why Jesus walked on this earth before He died for our sins. He wanted to know what it was like to be you and me. He wanted to know what it was like to deal with the pressure of life and all of that stuff so that he could better relate to us. And when we go to him, he can say, I know, I know, I walked through it. And here's how we can walk through this together. And it's a beautiful thing, and it's all in the word of God, but he gives us a lot of practical tools and wisdom to operate in so that we don't get to that place where we blow up. So that's a huge thing to be able to do. Um, yeah, go well, ahead. I would, I would say that a lot of people, we picture ourselves as a vessel, right? Even the Bible talks about us being a vessel, right? Well, vessels have capacity, yeah. right? And so we look at ourselves as a limited capacity. But we are plugged into a spiritual and heavenly source that has no capacity. Yeah. And when, if you took this cup, it's got coffee in it, so I'm not going to pour it out. And it's... It's either half empty or half full, depending on your perspective. But I don't care whether it's half empty or half full. If I stood here and held it for a long time, I'd get, I'd get tired no matter what, right? Now, if I wanted to refill this cup, or if I wanted to pour it out, I, I would just tip it, right? And I would pour it so much. And then what would happen to my, to my cup? It's empty. It'd get empty. Well, if I took a water hose or a, and filled it with coffee, because that's what I like in yeah. my cup and held it over the top, what would happen to my cup? We have, like, yeah, we're, we're a balloon, and we could pop, right, with the more we put into ourselves in our own strength. And this yeah, is yeah. what Moses faced, right? In my own strength, you've brought me to the end of myself. I'm at capacity. But we're plugged into an unlimited source, and you were talking about the the exhaustion, the mental exhaustion, the mental fatigue, that the compassion fatigue, right? Of, I want to yeah. care so much about everyone else. I want, I want to serve the church and I want to do all these things and I forget to rest. We forget to rest in the Lord. 
We forget to rest in the eternal source. We forget to have the water hose over our cup and pour out from all sides. By filling us up the most, we have the most impact. By being connected with mental health and and happiness and meaningfulness and our spiritual uh, source, we are... We have the greatest impact. We have the greatest outpouring when we are connected, when we are caring for ourselves the most, not the least, right? I mean, most of us take better care of our pets than we do ourselves. Forget the kids. Like kids first, then spouse, then pets, then friends, then church and responsibilities and work and boss. And if they text at 2 o'clock in the morning because there's an emergency, well, I'll get up there and I'll take care of so-and-so. And then maybe down way down here, there's me. Right, but but that's living in a limited capacity, and we don't live in a limited capacity, right? right? We have infinite compassion connected to us through through the grace of God. We forget to position ourselves in a position that allows us to be overflowing, because we hang on. We 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 stop psychologically when you sit there and overthink and replay. Well, what I could have said was this. What I should have said. And three days later, you're like, Aha! I have it. I should have. What I should have done. When you're shooting yourself, you you are operating with this isolated mental capacity that actually does not heal any traumatic experience. It does not heal any any suffering. It actually continues and embeds that suffering into our memories so much greater than when you just allow things to flow emotionally and just say, you know what, I was the best I could in the moment I had with the knowledge that I had and I'm going to allow God's grace to cover whatever indiscretions I made and I'm just going to move forward in my journey and I'm going to position myself in a position of strength. But we do, we, we, we isolate ourselves from that source, we isolate ourselves mentally from each other, we isolate each, ourselves from compassion and grace, and we sit there in our heads, and we overplay, and we overthink, and we go, well, well you know what, I could have done, and I should have done, and, right. and, and that doesn't, that's not living in the 90, you know, that's not pouring from an overflow. It's huge. That's huge. This is where I think sometimes we can help out each other, um, you know, just like, you know, said, we read earlier, you know, to go to, go to the Lord and just let it all out. Let him fill you up. He gives us each other, too, uh, sometimes to keep each other in check. You know, I appreciate a friend that will come to me and say, hey, you seem a little off today. Are you okay? I appreciate somebody that does yep, that. Yep, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I'm just good. tired. I'm good. And, th- and then I'm they'll good. say... Just a little stressed out. How are you really? You know, I always try to give honest answers, and sometimes it surprises people, you know. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? You know, today stinks, but I'm choosing to make the most of it. Okay, that's just an honest assessment of where the day is, but I'm choosing to, to push through it. Um, and so, you know, we bear each other's burdens. We encourage one another. We cover each other in prayer. And then the Bible also talks about us confessing our sins to one another. If we're going through some stuff, it's okay to, to talk to somebody and, and get some help and get some prayer. Um, but there are some times when regular maintenance won't cut it. Right. And, and there are some times where, uh, I mean, major traumatic events have caused a lot of damage or people are dealing with a lot of genetic tendencies that um, sometimes is just a bit much 
um, to overcome with the maintenance and, and we have to look at getting professional help um, to, to diagnose the issue and then give us a plan to, um, to manage or to uh, recover from all of that. And listen, it, it's a real deal. Just like you would um, sometimes break an arm or a leg, it doesn't mean that you don't have faith because you go to the doctor to get x-rays, get the bones set, and then walk around with a cast, you know. You can pray, and God can heal. And man, I've seen God do some powerful stuff. Uh, but sometimes he doesn't, and sometimes your body's got to heal on its own through a natural process. And the doctors are there to help you on, along the way. One of the biggest takeaways from today that we were talking about, is really important for us, you guys watching online or listening to this later, is that it's not a failure of faith to get help. It's not a failure of faith to get help. Okay, you're operating in wisdom, okay? You're operating. So we pray for God to heal, and God doesn't heal for whatever reason. So we're maintaining ourselves correctly, and we're still not able to push past the, the threshold. So uh, what's going on, you, it'd be a good time to hit the brakes and uh, figure out what could be going on and talk to somebody that can help you along the way. And a lot of times that's not mama. And that's not uh, Aunt Bertha. No. And so uh, what they say is to have a set of, of friends. You were talking about friend support, right? Yeah. And we said about monitoring and, and becoming tuned in with our own mental health. Well, sometimes that's really hard to do, right? If we're to a point where we, we're not really plugged into ourselves. So having people that are safe, and then a less safe circle, and then a not safe circle, and being able to identify who is safe, who is less safe, and who is not safe at all, mm. right? And, and you need to have a few people that are safe. And a lot of times those are people that are not plugged into our everyday life. Sometimes, like, that's, it might not be our spouse. It might not be our parents. It might not be, you know, some, it might be our pastor. It might be a friend um, I've got a great friend here today. She's a safe person for me. I know that even if it sounds ridiculous, she's not going to judge me or criticize me for my, for my emotional state at the time. So you have to have a safe person, a, a couple of them, and then a less you know, identify who's less safe so that you're not sharing. Sometimes we, we overshare, so you don't want to have a, a yeah. person you, don't, you share too much with. So being aware that you know who those people are, and then the people identifying who, who are the people that really aren't safe for you to share with. And, and, and then you have to understand um, intensity, frequency, and duration. And those are the things that as a, a clinical assessment, that's what we look for, right? So this would be, so, you know, some of you may be asking the same question I do. So how do you know you may need to get help on a different level? This is a great way. Right. To so as you're checking in, what, what is that, uh, what is that? intensity of my problem what is really going on I mean we all struggle with some some mood swings from time to time but how intense is it and and how often does it happen and that's where that 30 days really comes in how often is this coming up for me is this every day is this every other day is this dis disrupting my my life and then the duration how long does it last most disorders at the point that it's a disorder and you really need to go get help you really need to talk to a professional about this it's it's dramatically impacting your relationships on a daily basis or a weekly basis and it's lasting for more than just a couple of days it's usually lasting persistently over weeks and then that's when you need to get an actual
actual clinical assessment. Um, some people just need to routinely talk to somebody. I've got clients that come in once a month and it's just a routine checkup. This is what's going on in my life. This is where I'm at. I just needed someone safe that's not connected to my life to tell these things yeah. to, right? And then to check in with my mental and emotional process and, and talk to me. If you go to a clinician and they tell you how to live your life, that's a, not a good clinician. You need to go to somebody that, that's just going to allow you to talk and isn't going to tell you how to manage your life. They're just going to give you tools and, and suggestions for you to go home and try and see what works for you, what works for your faith and your, your mind, body, and spirit. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people will hold back from going to get help they'll hold back because they'll think that they can figure it out on their own or they think, well, I'll just read this book or I'll, <laughs> I'll just talk to somebody over here and I'll be okay. But the reality is, is that having good counsel, I mean, everybody who was important in the Bible had a counselor, had somebody they could talk to who was safe, who they could pray with, who they could connect with, who they could um, release, not in a venting negative way, but in, you know, this is what I'm going through and share that burden with them. Yeah. And then give them suggestions to turn them back to themselves and turn them back to their faith and turn them back to their journey. That's awesome. So one person told me too, if you if you find yourself in a season of life where you're wondering if maybe you should get help, probably be a good a good time to, to go in. Um, there have been seasons in my life where I've had to do this um, and, and talk to people. Um, and I tell you what, I never walked out of any session or any conversation with a safe person um, or someone I knew I could trust. Never walked out feeling weak. I always walked out feeling empowered. You know? And look, I'm telling you right now, I am spiritual man. Okay? I know the voice of God. I walk with God. And I also know the reality, the fact that I am human. And so it is incumbent upon me to make sure that I'm taking care of all of me. And why? Uh, big moment like this where I can be available to, to speak into your life and to speak into someone's life that may be watching online right now. Moments like this, if I'm not ready to go, who's going to go? And I think that's a question we should ask ourselves, you know. If we compromise ourselves and we burn ourselves out or if we're in a position where we need to get help, for whatever reason, um, we have to look past that and ask ourselves a question, okay, at the end of my life, what do I want to hear God say when I stand in front of Him? And how we take care of ourselves impacts that. Uh, it impacts our availability. It impacts the level we're able to operate at. Um, it, it impacts our spiritual walk be honest with you I fought through depression before because I spent every last drop of me I had in the tank and it took a while to come back from that and while I was trying to come back from that opportunities were going by you know um, and I'm not trying to throw shade on a situation or make you feel guilty or anything I'm trying to give you some perspective sometimes in trying to do more than we should we compromise what we could be doing and I don't want to see that happen in anybody's life. So pay attention to these little red flags um, and 
ask yourself some honest questions. Evaluate yourself. Do you let yourself rest? Do you let yourself recoup? Do you have a strong relationship with Jesus? Because here's what I promise you. If you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus, you're not going to be releasing that stuff and letting that overflow happen in your life. And at best, you're going to be doing this on your own strength. And you're going to be like Moses. You're going to become overwhelmed. Don't wait until those moments to cry out to God. Okay? Break that pattern and that habit and operate with wisdom and maintaining yourself. Now, you may be here today or you may be watching online and, and you've had some very traumatic things happen to you. Um, healing needs to take place okay, here, but also here. And I think it's not weakness, it's wisdom to pick up the phone and set an appointment and get an evaluation and talk to somebody that's safe that you can trust even if you don't know them um, talk to a therapist it's all confidential and you get that out and you allow a process and plan of healing here to begin to take place and maybe you've got some genetic things you bipolar um, you're dealing with you know, systematic depression in your life or just a major level of depression in your life and you, you may be home watching this and you can't even get outside uh, let me encourage you let's just take what's going to be a huge step to you and reach out for help because God's created you for so much more he didn't create you to deal with what's happening in this world but he equips us to process and deal with it through Jesus I'd like to say one thing yeah also, if you know someone who's going through something, yeah. you know, maybe you feel like you're okay right now. You know, the holidays are coming and you're one of those people who's is excited. You've got plans and you're pushing through and you're good. Don't forget to ask people, how is your mental health? Yeah. Not just how are you? Not just, you know, hey, how's it going? How's your mental health? Especially if you know someone. Encourage them because that's what... That's what we need. That's what Moses had. Yep. He, he had people to hold him up in those difficult times. And I would say that you going through depression empowers you to understand the depths of how other people could go, could feel. Yep. It allows us to experience what it is to be human. It allows us to realize the limits that we have and our reliance on God. Yeah. So once you know that, once you've been through suffering, when you've been through trauma, and you know what it feels like, you know the depths of darkness, make sure that you recognize it in others and ask. You know, if you know somebody's got dealing with chronic pain or, or chronic health issues or stress or just has a lot of responsibilities or that person who's always serving everyone else, how's your mental health? It's really not that... It's really not that scary of a question. No. I just, I love it. Um, you know, we're not our brother's keeper, but you know what? We're, we're accountable to show love to each other and check on each other. It's a great question to ask sometimes, especially family, friends, not just here in church. Uh, I know usually right here, we're fixing to wrap up. Uh, good stuff, though, right? Really good stuff this morning. Um usually 
for somebody this this the type to, to push through and see the red flag but still ignore them you feel like you've dodged the service like you sat through it you just dodged all the the confrontation and uh, you're about to skirt out of here with no accountability now you can just go out and let me, let me just ask you one more question before we get out of here uh, how's that working for you how's that working for you how, how's how you're living right now working for you? Um, that could be a great answer. It could be a, you know what, you're right. I mean, do you really want to live the rest of your life burned out, exhausted, and on the verge of just popping? Or do you want to be everything that God created you to be? Do you want to spend the rest of your life wondering what's wrong with you and not having answers? Or do you want to go to a place where you can get help? Do you want to spend the rest of your life just defeated by depression? Or do you want to have... The tools to be able to navigate that and and better manage it so you can be more available and effective in your life you know how's that working for you let me encourage you let today be a day of change if it needs to be and bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second I always like to see what God is speaking to people's hearts and you guys watching online or even if you're listening to this later hit pause for a second and Ask yourself that question. How's it working out? Are you living a life that's overwhelmed? Are you focusing on the 10 and letting the 10% dominate the 90% that you do have control of in your life? Are you at a place where you, you probably need to take some steps to get some help to process through things and get some tools to better navigate what's happening in your life? Is that you today? And have you been ignoring that? I think today is probably a good eye-opener to let us see some red flags in our lives to better maintain ourselves mentally and avoid what are really traps that the enemy can set in our lives to take us way out of God's plan and purpose. And I don't want to see that happen to any of us. So if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, Pastor Josh, I've seen some stuff through this conversation today the Lord showed me some things in my life that I need to correct some things that I need to get some help in and some things that I need to address whatever that means to you on the count of three I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me I want to pray over you before we dismiss today so I'm not going to drag it out you already know you already know and you already know how that's working for you so let's do it a better way and let's do it God's way so here we go if that's you Lift them up and look at me on the count of three. One, two, three. Lift them up and eyes are going up all over this place. I know a lot of people are watching at home right now that are realizing some things. I tell you, we live in a messed up culture that glorifies the wrong kind of lifestyle. And I believe today can be a powerful moment of change for us. If we would, let's all just stand together um, this morning. We've all seen some red flags. I see turkey haze in some of your eyes this morning still. But I tell you what, uh, just in this conversation, even up here, I feel better equipped. And I'm helping to lead this thing this morning. I feel better equipped to deal with the things in my life. It's been a really big eye-opener going through the process of preparation for this message again. Um, a lot of us said we saw some red flags. Hey, let me, let me pray over you real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus.
Lord, I thank you for the truth of your word. Father, for how you didn't, there's, there's just nothing that we face in life that is not addressed in your word. And God, I thank you that science doesn't have to be in opposition to your word. It actually legitimizes what you've already said in your word. Lord, I thank you for the practicality of the science that we have to be able to pinpoint things and isolate things and help us navigate issues in our lives. Lord, I pray that we all in this moment just choose change. We choose change in our lives and not not the typical Christianity, I'm going to pray real quick and expect everything to magically change in my life as I walk out the doors. But Lord, we choose to take responsibility and accountability for our lives, which I think has been a huge theme this morning. We are responsible for a whole lot more than we think we are, and we can control a whole lot more than we think we can. And God, I thank you that you put that ball in our court and give us the power and the ability to be able to choose that. So, Lord, we choose to take control of our lives. We choose to take control of our mental health. We choose to take control of our own maintenance to make sure that we stay fresh. And we choose to take control of what we need to do in getting professional help if it's needed so that we can re-engage and live the life that you've called us to live, Father. Lord, we choose to stand on that ground and not believe the lies of the enemy saying that there's something wrong with us, that we're dysfunctional, that we don't have what it takes. No, you created us the way that you created us for the purpose that you called us to. Lord, help us to discover that and to put together a game plan to walk into that to bring glory to your name. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word, for the change in our lives, Father, for the impact that it's going to continue to have even after today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Um, if somebody says, hey, I need to take a step and get some professional help, let me let me say this, all right. Tara's our friend. Tara's here. She does awesome stuff in the church. She works with e-kids, and uh, uh, she does so much more around here. She's just great. I love her, and I love her heart to please the Lord. Um, but listen, she will not be able to be your therapist okay because she goes to church with you okay nothing personal um it doesn't mean she doesn't like you it just means that that's just there's there's a ethical violation there that just cannot happen that way but what tara can do is she can help refer you and is there a good blanket thing that they could go to or check out um, yeah um psychology today there's um you can look at just put your zip code in and it will you can scroll different profiles um, there's a couple other ones I think good therapist or good therapy and um, you know you, you want to look for someone who you feel comfortable with um, and then you want to check their credentialing you know you, you want to know yeah. that they're licensed and trained and certified in what it is that you are specifically dealing with and everyone has trauma I, f I feel like trauma is the big unifier sufferings yeah. are big unifier whether that's big T trauma, those big events, or those small little sandpaper-like trauma that wears us out, everyone has trauma. And so looking for someone who's, who's licensed and credentialed and can, can be trauma-informed and can help you through what you're going through. Um, and then, of course, if, it's, if that intensity, the frequency, or the duration is so intense, the hospital. 
Willowbrook Hospital is, is great, uh, Willowbrook yeah. at Tanner, um, but even just a basic assessment, uh, Wellstar, Wellstar Cobb, it's got some great uh, programs, and there is there's absolutely no shame. If, if, you ta if you go to the hospital or if you have somebody who needs to go to the hospital, they're not going to keep them unless they need to be there. You know, they're, they're not going to lock them up. Yeah. You know, that, that happened pre-70s. You know, we're, we're past that. So, you know, there's no shame in just getting checked, just being like, look, I, I have thoughts that I can't get a handle on. I, I've got a situation, the trauma that I've been through, it's, it's uh, keeping me from the life that I want to live. Yeah. And, and reach out. You know, talk to somebody. You can always talk to me. You can always call or text or show up at the Nickel Center if you need to or talk to Pastor Josh and, and we can point you in the right direction. But like you said, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be your therapist, but I will be your friend. Hey, that's awesome. So, and listen, uh, don't be afraid to, to come to me and say, hey, can we sit down and talk for a little bit? I'll drink some coffee and we can talk and we can talk about what the Bible says, how it applies to your life. Look, I'm your pastor. I'm here for you. I'm not a medical doctor, but I can pray for healing. I'm not a psychologist, but I can pray for you and give you some biblical principles. But at the end of the day, if I recognize you need that next step of help, then I'm gonna, we'll help you get there too. So don't feel like uh, you can't come talk to me. Uh, I'm a friend too, not just Tara. Uh, I do say this, I, I love what you guys are doing at the Nickel Center, not to plug what you guys are doing, but they have a great outreach ministry for our community and uh, you guys are always looking for volunteers so if you would like to hop in and volunteer and help at the Nickel Center definitely talk to Tara about that uh, don't try to, to weasel your way into a therapy session or anything like that I know some of you guys are connivers so but but if you legitimately want to help hey we help work with the the PRC the Pregnancy Resource Center doing great work in our community. The Nickel Center is another one of those that we're proud to partner with, doing great work in our community. And so if you feel a connection with that or want to help with that, see Tara and, uh, and help them continue to reach the community through that. I love that. Let me pray over you real quick and we'll get out of here. Hey, before we do that, can we just do this? Tara shared some great stuff with us today, right? Can we just praise God and show some appreciation for that? I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for using your gifts and your expertise to make us better so that we can succeed in what God's called us to do. Father, thank you again for the truth of your word, for what you're doing in our church. Lord, that we, we have so much to be grateful for. Father, Lord, I just pray strength and rest over this congregation and those watching online. Father, I pray wisdom over these people as they're making decisions on changes that they need to make in their lives, Father. And Lord, I just pray that, Lord, that, that the urgency that they felt when they were responding to the question earlier on how things are working for them and do they need help, God, I pray, Lord, that we follow through on this to make the change in our lives that needs to change. God, we give you glory and we give you praise for what you've done in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you guys. Thank y'all so much for being here this morning. We love you.